Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 115. Hey, everybody. Greetings this... Oh, my. I don't have an adjective. <laughs> Swell day. Swell. <clears throat> swell is perfect. That's all I got. Swell. We've had I hope a you're all swell as well. Busy week, so brains are a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. You'll hear why in a minute, but yeah. They do this thing at school. I'm, I'm at rehearsals at school now, and when there's a, there's a couple of student leaders, so when they want everybody's attention, they do this thing where they go, one of them will say, hey, everybody. And then the hey, other person everybody. will say, hey, Becky, or hey, whoever the leader is, whatever. So when you said, hey, everybody, I almost said, hey, Dan. Hey. <laughs> hey, what? it's really great to be here. Kind of. So. Hey, it was my birthday this week. Yes. And 37, I 37. She's not old. <laughs> right. Uh, I will gladly acknowledge that I am 59. I am on the last leg of the 50s, and it is a good time to be alive. Mm -hmm. Yes. I got some really cool Corinthian low-tone chimes for my birthday. I asked for them um, because I'm a music person. They go out in the yard. They're in the breeze. Those kind of bells. They're little... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're the long tubular bells that look like chimes only they're big they're like tubular bells yeah they're they're varying lengths because i got kind uh, the corinthian bells all um you can look them up on amazon they they come in different keys pentatonic keys which means there's five tones that go together like chordally Mm -hmm. so i got the a ones yes a440 and they're neither major nor minor yeah they're just they they sound good no matter which bell gets rung with which other one. Mm-hmm. They sound really nice together. I was lay, I was uh, out in the yard having some meditation one morning this week, and it was quite breezy. And there were, a, so they were mm-hmm. really going for it. The chimes were, and it was kind of like a call to worship. To be honest, mm. it just had this feel of. Uh, gathering for something sacred or whatever it was definitely also the spirit uh, that i was in but i really am loving them they're up close to the door right now so we can hear them in the house pretty darn good with any kind of breeze we'll see if that lasts all winter long we might need to put them out in the yeah the winter gets a little rough here for rent We'll have to either put them out in the corner of the yard where they're a little more protected or take them down for the winter we'll see i hope not though i really want them up all the time because I love how they sound. It, it's a natural sound and yet there's an order to it. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, there's birds singing in the background and all the neighborhood noises, dogs and construction and cars and whatever. But <laughs> Jack Hammers. Next, yeah, there's a project next door <laughs> going on with Jack Hammers. But, um, but then there's this sound. This that's low the rhythm section. It's the so. jackhammers. <laughs> if they would get it in rhythm, that would be nice. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so if you need something that has a beautiful sound in your life, look at Corinthian chimes. They're a little bit pricey, so that's why I got them for my birthday. But mm. little plug there for something in your life that might just be a surprising piece of 
how to stay in a in a Tonal worshipful spumosity. mode or a contemplative kind of helps the contemplation. So we talked on Friday at church. Yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, we went through on Friday at Joyland Church. We'll put a little link here in our in our uh, Grace dot World website. Um, we kind of went through the history of church. So I gave about a ten minutes of kind of all of history in ten minutes, just where the church has gone. Not just church, history of the world, history of the world, I, I guess through the know. Bible. Yeah, but it's mostly churchocentric because of because that was the point because our point was the future of the church grace and, the future, well, future of grace, grace. Sorry. Is the title of it grace what do we call here church world <laughs> kind of church world no grace world grace. whatever we're called that's what it was the future of so yeah and so we got to cover and kind of go through what have things looked like in the past what kind of issues have people dealt with and what does the future look like because depending on where you're at it can either be very bleak and depressing it can be optimistic and hopeful and it can be a mixed bag of all the stuff that's happening and uh so so we kind of i wanted to um connect the past with the future and so dan did a great job of blasting through significant things that happened specifically though around millenniums Mm -hmm. um yeah and the changes that have happened in the world, at least through the history of the Bible, um, it, in millenniums, the, this last millennium that we just came through had more stops along the way inside mm-hmm. the millennium. But um, because I'm very intrigued with the fact that we're still, you know, like we're still noob, noobs in the 2000. 2000 millennium and Mm -hmm. i asked the question at church we probably haven't lived through most of the millennium yet uh, yeah we're still just barely getting our feet wet toes wet even and i asked the question what do you suppose the world will look like and how will god be moving in the world in the year 3000 Mm -hmm. and how will that go i think like mystery science theater 3000 but Sorry, just keep going. I don't know what that is. It's a TV show. Okay. So it's fun to think about there being a, a, hist, a future, excuse me, a future of th- that will get to the year someday 3000. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- regardless of what you think about your eschatology, if you're thinking, you know, it, 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 that can be scary to think that we'll make it to 3000. But I think the potential is there. Like, people thought in the year 70 that we weren't even going to get to the year 1000, you know, and here we are 2000. So, um, I just wanted to, for Dan to point out some significant changes that happened in, in various millenniums, especially at the turn of each millennium. Mm -hmm. And then talk about that for our topic, which was where do we find God in our culture and in our world and in, now yeah. and and what what is he going to do in the 2000s so take that take a listen if you can yeah go watch and that. you want to watch it and um enjoy also there was gosh four or five people that made comments afterwards and their comments were also really good and mm-hmm. participatory and added a lot to the topic so today um i want to take off on that a little bit and i was thinking this morning about noah Mm-hmm. from the Bible. I was thinking about 
the change that he had to deal with. Did he go through much change? (laughs) And what happened to the world, whether you believe it literally or figuratively, Noah had a big change in his life. The wor- he mm-hmm. lived through the apocalypse, essentially, or yeah. an apocalypse. He lived through, the he and his family, the world completely changing. His mm-hmm. paradigm completely changed. Yeah. And so there were two things, kind of takeaways, as I pondered that a little bit. Um, you know what? Then, I want to mention what happened before, because you're sure. going to talk about the after. Yep. Go for it. You know, pre-flood, the world was filled with Nephilim, nasty people. There was such a rebellion and complete hatred against God. And it said Noah was the only one found pure or righteous. And so you're coming from, boy, you talk about a bad culture. Right. (laughs) They had, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, a vast wasteland of of cruelty and brutalness. So we won't go into that too much. You but should do God, a study sometime on the Nephilim because I'm sure it would be yeah, interesting for people stuff, to listen yeah. to. And then it's like, boom, that's all gone. But I was thinking about one other point as you go into the future of, well, post-flood. Mm-hmm. They carried in their memories and experience afterward, and that ends up showing up in some of their lives later on. So it wasn't like the world was purified and cleansed because there was a lot of memories, thoughts, and ideas that continued on through even later. But I'm going to just leave that out there for a moment, and I'm going to let you jump into. And then are you going to come back to that? Because I'm intrigued by what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about practical things. Right. So if you want, if you yeah. want to nope, launch you into go that. first because okay. I'll just I might interject a thought there. At some raise point. your hand if you need to say something, and I will. Okay. I will stop what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So Noah goes, Noah and his sons and his, their wives. So he has three sons, three wife, wives. And his own wife. Yep. So we've got eight people is the entire population of the world. They spent how long building the ark? hundred years. Okay. Think about that even. They had a hundred years of preparation for the change that was coming. Mm-hmm. They had a hundred years to imagine, speculate, gather, live with God. Surely they had children. Didn't their wives have children in a hundred years? I don't think it talks said about eight them. Of them went on the ark. I so, guess it did. But they had them later for sure. They did. So that yep. means those women were hundred plus having women, having children. Well, anyway. they weren't around for, no, the, the, his kids weren't necessarily around for the hundred years. Noah was for sure. I'm not sure what age he had He kids. had his children. So anyway. that's unclear. Okay. So I don't need How to go into those around. details, yeah. but I, just thinking about if God is calling you to a change, there's a good chance he's going to give you a time for some preparation for that. That is, that's a bonus thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just now thinking Bonus of, feature. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's graceful in giving us preparation preparation time and time to get ready people Mm -hmm. get ready um so does it builds the ark the flood comes everything's wiped out he's got all these animals and his children and their wives they get off the ark eventually 
mm-hmm. when things die down and they can get some dry land. And the first thing they did was worship, mm-hmm. which I find so intriguing because worship is, expa- I'm expanding my understanding of worship these days to include uh, th- being aware of what's go- what's God doing, the sacredness or the God, th- what's going on in your heart, being known in your heart. God knows us fully mm-hmm. and being aware of that knowing in your heart and, and just coming to, after you hit a big change, allowing yourself time. I feel like the, that worship is a picture of allowing yourself time to be introspective, to pray, to listen, to understand how is this change just affected me and the world around me? That seems impactful because especially mm-hmm. in our day and age where everything goes so quickly, we go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Taking time after a big change or even a small change to kind of let it settle in your spirit and talk to God and be in a spirit of humbleness, which is what worship is, is a humbleness, a coming to a place where you exalt God above yourself. You exalt what is holy and good above what you may have just experienced. That's, that's impactful. And mm-hmm. then God immediately, I, I, I can't remember, did, did the rainbow come first and then the worship or the worship and then the rainbow? I think they were similar time frame. Within that whole thing, yeah, God g- gave a g- fantastic yeah. promise. There was an offering, there was worship, and then the rainbow. And, and then all a that, new covenant so. where God said, I will never do this again. I will never annihilate the whole of humanity again. Mm-hmm. So that's my first point. Do you have any interjections? No. Actually, the thing I was going to interject, I'm going to leave off because I think it'll take us too far off of our topic today. Okay. So we don't want to go there. Okay. You can tell me later. Yeah. Ha ha, I get to know you guys. It's a secret. <laughs> Maybe another time I I'll tell you the big secret of the antediluvian universe. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what that means. It means before the flood. Ah, uh, diluvian? Antediluvian. What's diluvian? Before, well, the flood. Okay, antediluvian. All right, anyway. Everybody needs to know that word. I guess so. Vocab with the Hewitts. That's an A-N-T-E. Kind of like antebellum. Antebellum. It's antediluvian. Antediluvian. Yeah, yeah. Yes. In Latin. Okay. You're all more educated now. Thank you. We needed that. Mm-hmm. My second takeaway has more to do with than the story after. We don't hear a whole lot about the rebuilding process, but we know mm-hmm. at some point Noah kind of took a dive and he was imbibing. And he found himself in a situation being drunk and naked in his tent and his sons did not act appropriately towards him. And one did not. One did not. And I the others did. I have huge compassion for mm-hmm. Noah. And this is where I really want to go with today's thing. Because he had been through catastrophic to the capital C there's no way any of us can understand the catastrophe that he went through and think of the responsibility because the entire world is your three sons and their wives that's 
the whole future of humanity. Right. That's your kids. Right. And that's, which is interesting that God entrusted him with that. Yep. And so that's both terrifying and it should be also like, wow, God is willing to put all his eggs in one basket. (laughs) All right. So the fact that Noah, we get to peek into Noah's psyche a little bit and realize the weight of that and how he was trying to deal with it at one point, at least in one day, in one situation, he kind of tanked. And I, and I want us to have compassion for ourselves, especially those of us have been around the block more than one or two decades mm-hmm. or three even. We might be high mileage people. Mm-hmm. Where change is happening. Change is always happening and we're getting a little tired of it. It's, it's hard, especially the older you get, the harder it is for your brain. Your brain's not very malleable. But when you get older and it's harder, here's a, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to tell on you a little bit. Here's Uh-oh. a super simple example Uh-oh. of what happens with change. My brain, is there something with my brain? I don't think it has to do with your brain, but kind of it does. Dan, uh, within the mm. last year, rebuild the steps going down into our stairs, into our garage. Used to be three steps going up. Now there's four, three, including sir. the basement. Yes. Twice in the past month, he has been headed into the garage and it's still in his brain that there's only three steps and he's missed the last step and found himself careening across the garage floor. Now, fortunately, his injuries have been pretty minor, although the one that happened just this past week was significant enough that it has impaired his comfort and capacity to move very much. Okay. I will say that all the times I fail, I had something in my hands and wasn't looking. So, yeah, it was a pure memory thing. Exactly. That's right. my point. Like, you were so in habit of going down those stairs oh. at a certain gate. One, two, three on the floor. Yes. That when you got distracted, that habit failed you. Mm-hmm. Because there was a new thing. There was a change. Who did that to me? <laughs> And and so it's a it's actually a fabulous example for what I'm trying to say. Then he's had to spend the past few days recovering and mm-hmm. having compassion on himself and taking care of his boo boos and 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 just resting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with saying we've lived a few decades now. Mm-hmm. Nothing like Noah lived or Methuselah my or any of that. Oh, that's my bread. Hold, please. So, so not to belabor that point too much, but I want to offer some, maybe some practical ideas to myself and to us about how to handle change with grace um, when you're older i was graceful going down those or when stairs your paradigm <laughs> or when your paradigm no i'm talking the after effects <laughs> when your paradigm has been shifted greatly who moved my cheese mm-hmm. who moved your yeah one thing that i have been contemplating lately we, we talked about the structure of church changing and i was thinking well where did that structure come from like who came up with liturgy to start with mm-hmm. and i I have a feeling I didn't I don't have all the specific historical facts, but wasn't that around the dark ages? 
Well, different liturgies have come about since the very beginning. It's just... Okay, true, true, true. There was even liturgy within the Jewish calendar and in the temple and whatever. Okay, so don't connect that so So much. So they just vary over time. I think what liturgy does, as best as I understand, and I do not come from a liturgical background, so somebody else could speak to this with way more clarity than I can, but from what I understand about liturgy, liturgy gives you an opportunity to have different seasons and different times to experience God through one or maybe a few of his main characteristics Mm -hmm. because God is so vast. It is hard to say, well, God is this. God is love. You say that to people and at least half the people will say to you, yes, but he's also this. Mm -hmm. Well, of course he is. Me saying God is love doesn't mean that's all he is. He is also blah, 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 whatever else. And that's that's mm-hmm. one of the problems about trying to describe God is that there are so many different experiences because of his character right. being so varied. So I feel like liturgy does get, helps us a little bit to go to different characteristics of him and worship him in those different characteristics through a span of time, whether it's a year or six months or whatever. Yeah. That's a grace. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. And so I'm lately thinking, how can I, because I don't think I'm going to wind up going to a church that has liturgy, but how can I bring liturgy or seasonal Mm -hmm. reflection into my life, into our lives, where we are on some kind of a rhythmic cycle to Mm -hmm. help our psyche and our brain in all of this change to still have some stability. Mm-hmm. And to still feel like there is something constant and something control controllable. Not that God is controllable, but that our experience of him has a rhythmic <clears throat> flow to it. Not like mm-hmm. a jackhammer. Yeah, this goes back to our our and instead of the or. You know, the past decade we've been heavily in more charismatic stuff. And of course, everybody wants to flow in the Holy Spirit and move in the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit does stuff. And so... The feeling of liturgy seems opposite, like, oh, I got to wait for the spirit. And we're saying it's an and. There are times when you move along as you're led. The value of the liturgy is to say, I can have expectations of structures. I can see the movement of seasons. I can build expectations and know that these things are going to occur and stuff. And the two work together very nicely. So it isn't a, it isn't you should have liturgy or you should have moving of the spirit. It's, hey, why not do both and have some of both and have some expectation? Right. Because I have been to lots of liturgical churches only because of my music experience and places where I've gone to, you know, share music and then been involved in those services. And there is Holy Spirit in there. There is a often uh, and this is me coming from a visitor point of view yeah a beautiful spirit there of reflection and understanding and experiencing god within instead of it being very expressed outwardly it's very my experience of it has been it's a very intimate thing it's a very personal kind of worship <clears throat> and some of the charismatic circles that we've been in 
you're you're really encouraged to express out loud yeah. and shout and dance and joy and pray and speak in tongues and be miraculous and move in healing and everything's out expressive out mm-hmm. and i like that you're saying there's both yeah there 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 should be both because we are whole human beings we're not just one right. way or the other we have personalities that are bent that way probably and probably there are seasons and times for different of those right. things there's to time happen. and a place for things like mm-hmm. you go back even to israel they had feasts and actually the word wasn't really feasts i mean they were feasts but really they would the the hebrew term for it was appointments and so they had what seven or eight appointments a year they were kind of clumped mostly into the spring and then the fall ones and the spring ones you had um uh passover the first fruits and the feast of weeks i think it was were together pentecost which i think yeah and pentecost was 50 days later or 40 days so 50. 50 number of grace right and so the idea there is every year god had a reminder or like the feast of tabernacles which i think was a fall one where you went into the booths you went or the you went outside you lived out under tents or not under tents you had to have open sky so you'd have little sticks over and so forth but it was an annual reminder of their pilgrimage from uh, Egypt mm-hmm. so the idea was I want you every year to remember this because it was I want you to remember this intrinsic nature that God is one who takes us out and brings us in and that's an annual reminder of that and there's an expectation and then you build it up as a community because everybody's supposed to go to Jerusalem for this and so forth I think they had to go there's two feasts where they had to go to Jerusalem I don't remember if that was one of them doesn't really matter anyway right but the point is is it built expectations ideas and thoughts and then also interestingly all of the major things that occurred especially in jesus life were on the feasts you know he was crucified on passover he was raised on the day of first fruits and then the holy spirit came on pentecost so all of those were markers that God was laying out and you know it's argued that also I think um, uh, Enoch was supposedly taken up on the day of Pentecost and born on the day of Pentecost I mean according to tradition so he's kind of a picture of the Gentiles in some strange way speak up speak up so anyway again that was god's pattern in the hebrew culture you know and even today we have you know different churches different denominations will have some things there's re they had readings of the bible went in a certain order through the year and so forth so there could be expectations about what we're talking about now and so forth and it allowed all the churches or synagogues to be going through the same thing so you knew that oh all of us all over the world are thinking about looking at this right now and there's some advantages to that you know it isn't necessarily there's pluses and minus to that but i think there's some good things out of that so what what's one good thing like what comes to your mind when you say there's some there's some i think there's a mental idea of unity that all of us are we're all hearing the same idea today Yes. At some level, at some amount. Yes, yes. 
I had heard just through the grapevine that there was a kind of a resurgence of uh, people in their 20s and 30s going mm-hmm. to churches where there was more liturgy. And I know, actually, is it Boulder Street Church or I, one I of the ones one of that was connected does. to New Life downtown um, is doing some of that, too. Because I, there's, it's just uh, systems themselves are not bad. Right, and it may be things like systems people do more communion or something. Things systems like that. and structures are given as a grace for you, for as as a as a. What's the word I want? Now you're distracting me. For good scaffolding, yes. kind of a scaffolding to a framework to exist in, so that you're not just so willy nilly out there, spirit all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we have a body for a reason. We are grounded for a reason. We, mm-hmm. it's, help, it's helpful. It gives us some parameter. It gives us some boundary. It gives us something. So to always be so heavenly minded all the time, especially no in the old, old people, <laughs> older people. I mean, I not, I, I'm not dissing older people. I'm including myself. I'm watching myself. We're older people. Get less and less. Uh, I'm a pretty open person to new things. I was raised moving from home to home and town to town. I wasn't in military, but I was like military, like every one to two years we were moving. So change is in my experience. And I feel like I can open up to new things pretty darn, pretty darn Mm -hmm. easily. However, it's tiring. Sometimes we just have to rearrange the furniture in our house. Right. Just for the change. But have you noticed I haven't rearranged any furniture it's been a little while yeah it's been a long while my bedroom and my living room look well anyway point being (laughs) it's it's tiring Mm -hmm. yeah change is tiring and so your brain has to remember how many steps there are exactly (laughs) so going down to the garage so so i'm encouraged i'm encouraging myself to find some kind of spiritual rhythm Mm -hmm. to find some kind of pattern or or uh I don't even know a book that you know like I do this I do like to do this I do Advent lately past few years Mm -hmm. where I read a book and have a candle and I do that every day leading up to Christmas I have really enjoyed that I have enjoyed that Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 minutes at night usually of just really reflecting on Jesus as the light of the world I think I want to bring that more into some other times and seasons in my life, whether it's every day or not, or, you know, and I think that's what church does. Church is a place to gather once a week for us to encourage the belief, you know, encourage each other and be there for each other and have some renewed mm-hmm. hope and renewed faith and renewed compassion and whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to kind of dovetail on what we said on Friday night because some of the comments at, we, we went back and watched it today and um, I realized some of the comments I think perceived what at least what I said and maybe what Dan said that we were bashing the church and saying the church was broken or going away mm-hmm. I think there's a redefining right of what we're church saying there's is some going structural to be. issues there's some structural things that are being redefined right in and going the institutions away. but i don't think it i definitely don't think yeah. the church is going away right and i'm not so sure a new structure isn't going to come from whatever is changing yeah and to be okay 
with the the change of it and what the new structure is going to be, it's going to look different than what right. we've grown up with. And over the past century, people have called church or s- several centuries right. have called church. As we say in software, we may have to do a little bit of refactoring of the stuff. So all right, that's what we do. I would call it re uh, rearranging in music. Mm-hmm. But to have grace in, with yourself, mm-hmm. if you're hitting any kind of change, whether it's spiritual or not, if there's something coming that you're preparing for and know will change your paradigm even a little bit, even for the better, give yourself time to rest and contemplate and and grieve even. Grieve the old thing. <laughs> So another thing that happened this week, which I will not go into all these details, but we wound up having to throw away a pan and a spatula because they got burned up. Um, so this morning, memories and forgetting things. So this morning, I threw those away in the trash, and I the spatula, especially. I don't know how long we've had that spatula. I think a very long time. I most of our marriage. Uh huh. And so I actually said goodbye to the spatula today and thanked it for Good serving night, us spatula. in the kitchen. Good night, Moon. Kind of, kind of, you know, not grief. I didn't have grief for the spatula, but I just felt like acknowledgement at some level. I did feel bad burning it up, so. I wasn't going to tell the story, but are you going to tell? No. Okay. I just left my eggs there. Boy, did my smoke alarms go off, and it took me 20 minutes to get them all turned off in the house. I had to remove them from the ceiling and... It, there was just a bad, that was a bad deal. Again, because of a change. Yep. Most mornings, Dan makes scrambled eggs and he has this whole little system and I dance around him while he does his little system and he turns the stove off and then lets the eggs sit there. And I did something different. He did something different <laughs> so, and didn't left turn the, off stove the stove on and the pan and the spatula, of course, <laughs> tried to cook themselves yes. <laughs> in that fire. Um it wasn't yummy. So, so we have uh, gotten the new smoke alarms ordered and the new spatula and the new pan. We're fine, but we're recovering. And it's just okay to recover and to be like, okay, dang it. This was hard. Change was hard. And some changes mm-hmm. are terribly hard. Terribly, terribly hard. Mm-hmm. I know of a family right now that's in big grief because of the loss of their son. Yeah. That change will not that change will affect them forever. Yeah. And I pray for them right now to be full of comfort from the Holy Spirit while they grieve the loss of their son. But um not everything, you know, we there's things coming every day and we just need to try to find the places where either a new system will work or a new way of thinking will work. Mm-hmm. That's my story, Glory. Okay. So, what does the future hold? I don't know, but I'm I'm sure I don't know for a good reason. You ready for change? Because it's cha- it's going to change. <laughs> Whatever I think it may be, it's going to be different. Yes. It's going to change. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the hard part for me is I am an observer and a watcher, and I see things, and from a one sense, things are really rough. And from another, I have to say, you know, God does interesting things. And I have to not look too much at what I see in the world. And I need to look deeper into what God is doing in the world. Otherwise, I'm going to be pretty depressed (laughs) if I don't 
if I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is, and then that's always the truth. If my eyes are not on God and what he's doing, I don't care what the situation, the situation could be swell outside with everybody being a happy camper and everything going well. If your eyes aren't on God, you will ultimately end up depressed, miserable, sad, walk down bad paths, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it's keeping your eyes on him for real joy, real life, real abundance. That's kind of the story. From Dan. There you have it. I think we can be short this week because we were long last week. All right. We will give you on average we're the right length. That's our addendum to our, our, our brains are tired from that talk on Friday night and all the other things that happened this week. Guys, we hope you have a great week. Mm -hmm. We would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or want uh, prayer or encouragement you can find us at grace.world or you can email us at podcast at grace.world or you can call us at 1-833-85-G-R-A-C-E whatever the numbers are for that um we some sevens and fours and twos i think yeah are there i don't know the numbers we should know they're right in front of me there you go grace is uh, we're not going to try to work that out okay um but encouragement is our goal if you've been encouraged or if you're discouraged and say hey i need a different kind of encouragement we'd love to hear that too mostly we just love you we pray for you to have a wonderful week of uh compassion in the Mm. change okay May you be comforted in all of that. Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye.